Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneka Watkins-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. Coming up on this episode of The Entrepreneurial You. That's a part, uh, Henneke, where it's really important to talk about inclusion. So not just diversity, but what does it feel like for people when you walk in the door? And are those conversations happening out on the golf course or over beers afterward? Hi, my peak performer. I am Henneke Watkins, Porto, host of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bookophilio. Jamaica Stock Exchange, and Patwa Apparel. And now, let's go to today's episode. Our guest today is the founder of the Moxie Exchange Movement, a training and mentoring organization for companies who want to develop, promote, and retain women and create inclusive workplaces. She's been an advisor and executive coach to CEOs of the United States' fastest-growing companies as held leadership positions in several large corporations and is the founder of five successful businesses and counting. She's the author of a five-book series, Rock Your Moxie, Power Moves for Women Leading the Way, hosts the monthly online workshop and podcast, Rock Your Moxie, and has created a series of micro-learning courses for women. She has lived her life as a duo and Ristekatu, ridden camels in the Sahara Desert, jumped in the ferry pools on the Isle of Skye and completed two 36-hour ultra team runs. She brings those experiences and approaches to her work, getting people to think big, take action, and move the dial on driving results for themselves and their teams. And so... Without further ado, I'm so happy to welcome Maureen Berkner-Boyd to The Entrepreneurial You. Welcome, Maureen. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here. I'm ready to jump in. Awesome. So, so here's your fun question before we actually take that dive. If you were to be an animal for one day, what would you be and why? You know, it is so funny that you asked me that question because I've been trying to figure out there's this idea of everybody's got a spirit animal. <laughs> and I have been probably spending more time contemplating this question <laughs> than most people because I can't figure it out. Oh, wow. So I would say off the top of my head, probably a tiger. Uh, because they are, if you look at them with their young, they are compassionate um, and and loving uh, moms, but they're also fierce. Uh-huh. And uh, they're fierce and they go for it. Mm, and so that the, describes the, you. The combination of both. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. So let's hear your social media handle so that our peak performer community can contact you in the event that you're saying something and they want to touch base at the same time. You bet. On Twitter, it's Moxie Exchange. Uh, there'll be two E's in the middle, one at the end of Moxie and one at the start of Exchange. Out on Facebook, uh, you can check out our group, which is Moxie Exchange. I'm on, uh, spend quite a bit of time on LinkedIn. And on Instagram, it's Mo Moxie Boyt. 
Awesome. And so for me, my peak performers, you know that you can reach out to me, HennekaWatkeSporter.com, PatsWapparel.com, and of course on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and the other social media, HennekaWatkeSporter or Apparel. Now let's jump right in, Marina, and talk about diversity and particularly as it relates to women in entrepreneurship and in the workplace. Now, when we talk about diversity, what are we talking about you know, at the, at the end of the day, we're talking about winning <laughs> as business owners. Um, so diversity and, and and very importantly, also inclusion is about creating a team and an organization where you're bringing all kinds of different backgrounds and thinking to the table. So when we dissect diversity, it can be everything from gender uh, to cultural diversity, thought diversity. Um, you know, you've got people who are somewhere on the autism spectrum, race, religion, age, any place that you can get people thinking and coming from a different perspective, it adds strength to your organization. And so why is it then therefore important for us to have that conversation centered around diversity? Well, again, it goes back to that idea of if you want to win. I'm, what I love, Hanukkah, is how much research is coming out now on the power of building a diverse and inclusive team. You know, it's everything from higher profit return on sales, the number of patents, market share, team IQ, engagement. Uh, it is simply that those companies, those organizations who are building diverse teams are beating the pants off those uh, that all look and think alike. You alluded to the fact that, you know, those research that are coming out. Is there anyone you can speak specific, specifically to that jumps out at you? Catalyst is a great resource. Um, and they, they focus particularly on women. Um, McKinsey has a lot out there, Harvard, Stanford. And what I love is the research is coming out of both academia and the business world. So let's talk now about diversity as it relates to women in particular. I get the viewpoint from others that why do we talk diversity? Why do we make want to make sure that we have you know co- this whole quota system? Okay, we need to have a, a certain percentage in governance or in the workplace. Shouldn't it be based solely on somebody's ability to perform versus their gender or their sex? Yeah, what I love about that is it should be based on somebody's ability to perform. But what happens is it's not uh, because we have incredibly biased brains. And unless you believe, and I'll just pull stats from the United States, unless you believe that 97% of the time uh, a white male is more qualified than anybody else to be a CEO, right now what we're doing is we've got a system that's set up unconsciously, nobody's doing this on purpose, that gives the benefit of the doubt and what I call kind of a tailwind to white men where everybody else has these subtle headwind um, and hurdles that they have to overcome to reach those same positions. So the whole idea around talking about diversity and getting more women in leadership is really about, hey, let's figure out a way that we can interrupt unconscious bias and create that same tailwind that white men have for women. Aren't we all subconsciously or not, you know, are sometimes very overtly have this built-in bias? So, and if the answer to that is yes, how can we then 
hack or bias brains? Yeah, so the answer to that is yes. Every single one of us is, yeah, every single one of us is biased. Uh, it does not make us bad people. It's actually the way the brain functions. And I love the neuroscience, the research that's coming out around this because we're starting to understand more and more why the brain is biased. Our, our brain has to sort through millions of bits of information coming at us every moment. Um, and if we didn't have bias to help us sort, filter, and categorize very quickly, you know, we'd be rolled up in a ball sucking our thumb. <laughs> the problem is that, that our bias is typically wrong. So what we need to understand, and let me, let me put it this way again, I think people, um, there can be so much tension around this conversation about diversity and inclusion until people realize, hey, unconscious bias is, is just that unconscious. And it's a little bit like saying, let's say I were a diabetic. I could do a bunch of research and figure out why my pancreas wasn't secreting insulin properly, but I couldn't then turn around and say to my pancreas, okay, do it right. But we expect the same thing about unconscious bias. Oh, okay, now I know, now I know that you know, everybody's got bias, uh, everything will be fine now. <laughs> our, brain, our brain is an organ. It doesn't work that way. So what we actually have to do is interrupt the bias and hack our bias brains in every decision that we make about talent. Um, we've identified at Moxie over 20 bias interrupters, and that's everything from you know doing blind screening of candidates so that you're scraping any data that tells you if somebody's male or female. The voice comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And there's, there's so many, there's so many easy yet high impact interrupters that people can put in place um, that to really hack the brain and to be able to say, okay, now we're creating kind of that level playing field where everybody with, you know, we can never completely erase bias, but we can be aware of it and interrupt it whenever possible. You mentioned that blind screening as a way to hack or bias brains. Share with us two more tips that we can use when the subconscious bias, you know, want to hit us. The first one is the blind screening. The second is to make sure that you have diverse candidate pools. So the research tells us that until there are about 20 to 25% women in your pool, statistically, there's a 0% chance a woman will get hired. So you have to be patient up front and make sure that even what's coming into your pipeline before you start the interview process, you've got enough women in the candidate pool to give them a statistical chance of being hired. Another is a very simple one that's called the rule of two. The former CEO of Kaiser Permanente really changed their numbers uh, in five years by doing this. And that was, hey, for any stretch assignment or promotion or looking at our succession plan, there have to be at least the two people can look the same, but the third candidate, the fourth candidate, the fifth have to be different. And I had a client tell me they implemented the rule of two. And he said, you know, it caused us to go back and take a second look because like me, bias is so strong. Um, and there are a whole host of reasons. You know, women are not, for cultural reasons, not very good at taking credit for our work. So we're not necessarily the first that popped to mind when it comes to those promotions and stretch assignments. But if you've put this interrupter in place where you have to go back and look, he was like, gosh, we found out we had diverse talent all over the organization They just weren't in our initial headlights. So what's stopping women, though, from making it into leadership roles? What's your thoughts on that? Well, certainly. 
certainly unconscious bias is one. Um, and the second is, I, I alluded to one of them just a moment ago, that um, for cultural reasons, we're really bad at taking credit for our work. So somebody will say, ah, oh, you know, great job on that project. And we'll say, ah, oh, it was nothing, or I've been lucky, or it was the team. I actually had a woman run up to me after I gave a speech one time, and she was like, oh my gosh, I've used all three of those in one sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we have to teach women to simply say thank you. And that is a complete answer because a part of our influence and a part of our social capital within companies comes from our results. So if we're subtly giving our results away all the time, we're not going to pop to mind, right? Because the people around us believe we're trustworthy. So if we're telling them it was nothing, they're believing us versus, you know, we busted our tail for the last six months on that, right? So Teaching women to simply say thank you. The second is sponsorship. So we've um, the research tells us that the real secret sauce to getting into a leadership position is having a sponsor. And if people aren't familiar with what that is, a sponsor is a mentor on steroids. They are somebody that is actively engaged in helping you succeed. So they are putting your name in the hat for stretch assignments, promotions, raises, and the sponsorship effect tells us 30% more of those when we have a sponsor. The research also tells us that men have four times more sponsors than women. And the first reason that is, is because women think it's cheating, right? It's like, I'm going to do it myself or die trying. Mm. (laughs) We are such fighters. (laughs) Yeah, right? And in this case, it really plays against us. So we have to teach young women that having a sponsor is not cheating. It's how the game is played and how to position themselves for sponsorship. And that it's really, really critical, not cheating, and is the secret sauce to them getting into leadership. So in other words, you've listed those as some of the ways in which women can take control of their careers and thrive in business and not just in business, but in life. Is there any other point that you want to give me? You know, I think we also have to have male allies um, in this. Uh, and and I can, one of the points around, another point around sponsorship that's really important to understand is like me bias is one of our strongest biases. So if I found out, for example, that you and I grew up in the same part of the world, I immediately am going to like you more. Again, unconsciously. And this is everything from, um, they've done research to say that if we have the, the same first name, or we find out that we went to the same school, I mean, just all these subtle things, I immediately trust you because you're like me. Now, it doesn't mean that that you're worthy of that trust, But like me bias is really strong. So if we have mostly white men at the top, when they're choosing who they're going to sponsor, all of this happening unconsciously, they look down and they say, gosh, you know, he reminds me of me. I'm going to invite him to that meeting or golfing or whatever it might be. And that sponsorship relationship uh, begins. So we need to teach men about how important it is to have diversity in the people that they are sponsoring. And we also have to talk about sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we have to talk about the implication of sex. So why don't older men want to sponsor younger women? 
well, they don't want people thinking they're having an affair. And why don't younger women want to be sponsored by older men? They don't want people to think they slept their way to the top. As an organization, no matter how big or how small, you have to have the conversation about, hey, sponsorship is really important for people to get into leadership. And we're going to have older men sponsoring younger women. And it's not about sex. It's about sponsorship. And it's amazing when you bring this conversation out in the light of day, how quickly the numbers can change. I worked with a parking company. So they were almost a billion dollar company, parking cars, kind of a rough and tumble industry. And I spoke with 150 of their regional managers. And we talked about this idea of sponsorship. And within a quarter, all of those regional managers were sponsoring a woman because we made it okay. Interesting point on which we can take a break. Thank our sponsor. We are speaking with Maureen Berkner Boyd. She is the founder of the Moxie Exchange Movement. Let's take a break. Peak performers. Success is something that we gradually work towards as an end goal, but we need to be in the right environment to make it happen. Bookophilia is dedicated to providing a space for book, coffee and tea lovers, creatives, educators, students and professionals who want ideas, innovation and inspiration. They have a variety of high quality books, a cafe, events such as book launches, signings and art exhibitions and professional services uniquely tailored to your needs, culture and tastes. Their environment provides for the full literary arts experience, allowing for multifaceted creative expressions. Find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bookophilio. Welcome back. And interesting discussion we're having here with Maureen. We're talking about diversity, particularly as it relates to women in the workplace and also in entrepreneurship and in general life. So let's continue our dialogue. You you know, you're talking about the whole effect of mentorship and so on. And one of the things I find is that there's a tendency for men to hang at the bar together after you know they've done a hard day's work they hang out they go play golf together whatever it is that they do together but women we some it's somehow different you know you you gotta run home to take care of the children you gotta run home to do whatever it is and so you don't get to go out and be how much of that you think plays a role in 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 you know the diversity figures that we're looking at Oh, it's huge. And that's that's a part, uh, Henneke, where it's really important to talk about inclusion. So not just diversity, but what does it feel like for people when you walk in the door? And, and are those conversations happening out on the golf course or over beers afterward? Because women still have, right, double duty. We still have, we are 80% of the people that are caring for uh, aging and sick uh, family members. We are still the primary caregivers of children. We uh, have the the double burden of the work at home. And so really thinking about as a leader, is it worth it to me to ha- to be more profitable, to be more innovative, to have my employees more engaged? You know, all of the things that we talked about, how companies win, then I need to be thinking about how we are handling things like the beers after work. Can you, you know, do some some of the social activity over a lunch hour? Um, can you have the guys 
think about the fact that women are excluded from those events and how can they be more inclusive? Because that's really real and that is a tough one to tackle. I think the biggest thing is to be in conversation about it and to say, how can we make this a little more inclusive? How can we have some of those social moments you know, that are more casual where we're actually building those relationships within our, our typical working hours. We're going to be talking, spending some time talking a little about your book. But before we do that, I want you to kind of wrap up this section for us and just give us some r- overview of why do most diversity programs fail, in your opinion? Well, I think they usually fail because they're seen as programmatic, right? Like, I'm just going to check this box. And if we just, <laughs> check, right? Check. If, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we just send people through training, everything is going to be fine. Um, instead of saying, hey, this is a way of being, I always liken this to it's like leading a healthy lifestyle. So if I want to have, you know, my ideal body weight and blood pressure and cholesterol levels, I actually have to make choices every day about what I'm going to eat, how much I'm going to sleep, how much I'm going to move. And it is, it's a lifestyle. And I don't get to hit those numbers and then say, okay, great, now I can just sit on the couch and eat Fritos, <laughs> right? I have to keep leading the healthy lifestyle. To be a diverse and inclusive company and culture, it's a way of being. It's choices that you make every day in terms of talent, right? And and asking yourself all the time, what else could be true? What's the bias here? How can we tackle this? What is another perspective? Because if we're leading in that way versus seeing diversity as programmatic, then we can make some real change. Interesting. Now, let's talk about your book, A Rockier Moxie, Power Moves for Women Leading the Way. Talk to us about that. Why do you write that book? What is it about? What do you hope for your readers to get from it? Yeah, you know, it was it was interesting. The, the book was sparked because um, I was working with a woman and she really urged me. She said, you know, you give me so many good practical tools, you should write a book. And so being completely candid, I sat down with a glass of wine and I started started writing the book. And I started writing the book really for myself to say, if I were just starting my career again, or if I were mid-career, what's the advice that I would want to get? And so I wrote the book It's actually, I broke it into five books, Henneke, because women do not need another book sitting on their bedside table that they feel guilty about not reading. (laughs) So I made them very actionable and very digestible. So I've had women say to me, gosh, it's great. I can throw, you know, I'm about to take a flight. I throw it in my bag and I can read it on the flight. Because each one of the books is five chapters, and at the end of each of the chapters, there are five power moves. So activities, resources, checklists, tools, things that I can take action on. I actually once had had a client tell me that working with me was like having cattle prod at his back and a cheerleader at his side. And I loved that because I would say that's what the book are too, right? It's very, you know, we don't have time for theory. So they're very practical, very actionable. And at the same time, I'm saying, go, you got this, go keep moving. And I'm sure that it's creating the impact that you hope it would have when you started writing. No, 
we have had an interesting discussion, one that sometimes we don't want to talk about, especially because it, it makes us uncomfortable, you know, if it is that we're on the, the, the receiving end of being biased against and also the other side as well. It makes us uncomfortable. It's not something that we dialogue about very often, but the dialogue needs to be had. And I particularly like what you talk about, how we should think about hacking or, or biased brains because, you know, we all have natural biases, but it doesn't stop there. We can actually do something about it. Not because we have natural biases means that we shouldn't make any attempt not to be biased. So I want to say thank you so much for sharing. But before we, we go and close out finally, of course, you have giveaways on your website that our peak performers can get marine as well as just share your all your content details with our community so that they can reach out to you. Yeah, absolutely. If people send me an email at mo at moxieexchange.com, so there'll be two E's in the middle again, so mo at moxieexchange.com, I'll send you a toolkit that's got uh, an infographic around why business case. I've got a couple different assessments that people can take, um, some of our top brain hacks, so those top 20 bias interrupters, just a whole toolkit to get them started. What's your website again? MoxieExchange.com. So Maureen, thank you so much. Maureen Berkner-Boyd, the founder of the Moxie Exchange movement. She's also an author and she's been doing great things in the United States, impacting the world. I just want to say, keep on shining, Maureen. Keep on doing what you do and continue to inspire. Thank you. And you do the same. Um, This podcast is fantastic and such a great resource for entrepreneurs. Keep it up. Keep rocking your moxie. Thank you. And now a word from our sponsor, Jamaica Stock Exchange. We needed to raise capital, but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas, and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. We have come to the end of another great show. Thank you so much for listening. I'd really love for you to go to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, The Entrepreneurial You. That's if you've not already done so. And I really look forward to hearing from you about your journey as an entrepreneur. If you've not already started and you are about to start, I'd love to hear about that. So send me an email at hennikawatkisporto at gmail.com. In the meantime, please visit hennikawatkisporto.com where you can access several resources to help you level up and peak your performance. Feel free to explore the website. There are several resources, there are blogs, there are the podcast, those past episodes that you've not yet listened to. You can also leave a comment on the show notes page of these episodes. So I look forward to interacting with you and to share your journey. Remember, you were born to win, but to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win and expect to win. What good? 